I'm writer, producer, director Paul J. Salamoff, and you're listening to me on Sci-Fi Sisters. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sisters podcast, where we give you our point of view. I'm Tamia Harper, and today I'm here joined by my sister, Sabrina Wood. And Yvette Blackman-Tom. Hello. And we have a really special guest today. And I know I'm always excited that we have a special guest, but I'm particularly excited about this special guest because he means a lot to one sci-fi sister in particular. And so I'm going to hand it over to Sabrina to do the honors because as they say, this time it's personal. Sabrina, take it away. Okay, thanks, Tamia. And yes, our special guest tonight is someone that's really special to me. This is the man that taught me how to write a screenplay. This is Paul J. Salamoff, and he has worked in the film industry for 30 years. He's been in film, TV, video games, graphic novel, and he's been a writer, producer, director, executive, and makeup artist. You gotta ask him about that stuff. He's the author of the new book, the Silent Planet, which we're going to talk about in detail today, but he's also written a book called On the Set, The Hidden Rules of Movie Making Etiquette, which we discussed quite a bit when we were in our class together. Um, he is also the author of the graphic novel Hired Guns and Discord, and the one that I would like to see a reboot of, Logan's Run. His short stories and essays have appeared in anthologies, including Median, Median Unmade Tales of Clive Baker's Nightbreed, The Cyberpunk Nexus, Exploring the Blade Runner Universe. Man, that's the one to read. Paul is currently teaching screenwriting um, to people like me at New York Film Academy. He's a two-time Brand Stoker, Stoker Award nominee and has made his feature film directorial debut in 2019 with Encounter a sci-fi drama based on his original screenplay, which won Best Independent Film at the 46th Annual Satin Awards. And we're going to definitely delve into that. So it is my great pleasure to welcome my mentor, my teacher, my buddy, Paul J. (laughs) Fallon. I'm so glad I gave you an A. (laughs) Because I was such a brown noser in that class. I was definitely. <laughs> yeah, you were one of my favorite students. You really were. I hope none of my other students were, I hope none of my other students were listening. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, my God. That, that, okay, the class that I'm talking about is um, it's screenwriting, screenwriting 101. And um, it was a 15-week, right? Four out? No, four? Five out? What? We were in there like, wow. It felt like, it felt like an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And there were four four of us in the class and Paul and Paul basically just threw us in the deep end of the pool. Like here's here is final draft, the you know, the um the software on how to write a screenplay. And and just, you know, every week I had to come up with like twelve to you know, fifteen pages of new of new screenplay. Like didn't know what here's the book, here's the software, get to it. And then Paul would just like completely destroy you in each class. <laughs> <Like he's fun. laughs> 
You did take some emotionally scarred. We get on and talk to them. I held it up and them in my arms as I taught them Taught them how to write screenplays and become a storyteller. <laughs> yes, yes, you did, Paul. Yes, you did. But now you are the storyteller, and so you're here today to talk about a bunch of stuff. But what we're really excited about is your latest creation, and it's called The Silent Planet. Yes. So what happened? You're doing novels? Like, what happened? <laughs> first, actually, first, I want to start off with like quoting Star Trek 2 and say that revenge is a dish best served cold, <laughs> cold in space. We get the Star Trek in there right off the bat. So <laughs> now, we can, now we can talk about other stuff. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yes, my, this is my, uh, first novel, uh, Silent Planet that I, I wrote with, um, Orrin Nichols and I'm very proud of this actually very proud of this book it's it's sort of like I sort of describe it to people as like Solaris meets Jurassic Park I guess would be the the best way to sort of describe and I'm I really love a lot of um Stanislaw Lem who wrote Solaris is one of my favorite authors and I've you know read most of his books and you know read most of them and um I, I like the idea of, um, as we talk about, like in my class, about writing with themes, mm-hmm. you know, writing that, that stories should really come from themes and from character, characters. And I wanted to explore uh, the themes that were sort of running through Silent Planet are, or there are things beyond human comprehension, right? And, and how we tend to, um, because of human hubris, we think we can understand potentially the not understandable and that uh, we tend to anthropomorphize things that we don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, like, you know, how do you really know what your cat is thinking or your dog mm-hmm. is thinking? You know, we sort of bring that, you know, so it's sort of exploring those themes within the context of a very like sci-fi adventure with some very interesting characters and, and um, you know, just in a very, you know, a rough way with what the story is about. It's like sort of in the far future and corporations can buy planets. And this corporation has bought this planet um, called Vega Prime and they just can't figure it out. And they need to put their, you know, um, mining, because they want to strip mine it. They're trying, they want to put their mining equipment, but they don't understand how the world sort of works because the creatures are bizarre and the you know, vegetation's bizarre. So they've had a science team trying to figure it out, but it's been taking years and they're getting very fed up with it. But there's, it's not like a hostile environment, but our main characters are the supply ship that drops off supplies every couple of months. And they come this one time they come, there's no, there's no single signal back from the, the survey team. And they're basically, dun, 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 dun. yeah. So they're basically told by the corporation, "We'll find out what happened to them." And these people are not equipped <laughs> for this. <laughs> They've never stepped off their ship before, and they turn this very non-hostile environment pretty hostile pretty quickly. So it's sort of, like this sort of mystery adventure, um, you know, big epic sci-fi, um, you know, kind of um, kind of story, but really dealing with like the human condition and, yeah. and so forth. People so. working out of the element, people doing things yeah. they're not supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, and and it's really um, very proud of it, and um, I think uh, I'm really enjoying working with Orin, and I uh, feel like we've delivered. We've already got some really great um, early reviews on it um, that have been very promising. So, and the and it's actually sales are starting off pretty good. <laughs> so it's all <laughs> 
I can't wait to read it personally. I mean, that sounds like so much fun. It sounds like a romp, like in yeah. some parts, but it sounds like, like it could be scary in other parts. And yeah, I really can't wait to read it. Thank you. Thank you. Sounds um, a little Star Trek to me. It is. But how can you not be influenced by things like that? I mean, you know, I, I uh, you know, I've been a fan of science fiction since I saw Star Wars when I was, I'm dating myself at five years old in its original run. And right. I saw oh, wow. Uh, the youngster. Yeah. I saw it in Cape Cod and um, it was a double feature uh, with Logan's run. Oh, which, wow. was, yeah. which was great. So the, the, you know, irony that I would go on to write the Logan's run comic book series is pretty, uh, pretty wonderful actually one of my favorite sci-fi movies yes yes so so i still want to know what made you make this a novel instead of knocking it out as a screenplay it's a great question you know here's the thing i i can say i've told you this too in class that i consider myself a storyteller right and finding what mediums fit a story the best now you know, there's a lot of things that, hey, this could work as a movie. This could work as a comic book. This could work as a, you know, uh, a, a, you know, a, a novel or a short story or, or so forth. So it's, it, it's, this actually started out as a screenplay that I wrote years ago and it was always my, it was always like my favorite, not like, oh, it's the best thing I've ever written, but it's like, it's my favorite because mm-hmm. of, of, I think of what it, what it explores. And I think it's a great expression of who I am as a storyteller because I write in a lot of genres. I, I do write, write. Believe it or not, I write comedies. You know, I've written sports dramas. I've written, uh, you know, uh, lots of horror and uh, lots of sci-fi. But um, this, to me, is a really great expression of, of who I am as, as a storyteller. And uh, it's just one that when I wrote it, Avatar hadn't even come out yet. So it was like oh, it was like wow. a handful of people that could, you know, mm-hmm. probably make this movie, and it would probably cost like three hundred million dollars. So right, uh, okay. You know, so I started thinking, you know, different ways of approaching it. And uh, ironically, we're actually working on the graphic novel version of it at the same time. So it was, it was Oren who reached out to me and said, Hey, I'd love to pair up with you because I know you've got lots of stories. And, uh, I said, well, great. You know what? I'd, I'd really love to do this with Silent Planet. Uh, cause I thought it really lent itself to, um, you know, to being a novel. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, so I sent it over to Oren, and Oren was like, oh, God, I love this. I love this. So, um, you know, we worked together to really, you know, shape it and expand it beyond, you know, what you do in a screenplay, which is sort of reducing story. This right. was sort of expanding it, but not it's not padding. I don't even think that, oh, we just threw in a lot of padding. No, no, no. This really just now goes deeper into the characters and mm-hmm. deeper into the environment and uh, definitely warrants the, you know, the, the page count. Okay. Right. I, so I was, all of that. <laughs> yeah. So, so the desire was just to be able to be able to share my stories because, you know, I've written over 35 screenplays at this point and you know, even in the most optimistic, <laughs> even my most optimistic ways, um, I, I don't think I'm going to lens all 35 or 34 of the other ones or, right, <laughs> right. um, you know, before I push off this mortal coil, as it were. Uh, so it's really more about sharing, being able to share the stories. And if Silent Planet only lived as a, um, you know, as a novel, I would, I would be happy because I, I just, I, I love it. Am, am I beeping? I think my, uh, <laughs> I thought my, I thought my computer was beeping, but, um, yeah, so it was sort of desire, like, yes, let's, this is a great thing. I, I would really like to, um, 
you know, write it as a novel and share it that way. And then, you know, we can always get made into a film afterwards because they right. love adapting books and the screenplay's already written, so. <laughs> You're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a win-win scenario as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, so now the thing that I'm really interested in with this as, as well is that you have done all of it. I mean, the graphic novel and the novel now and the screenplay. So when you're sitting down and you're, you know, I think you're going to probably write a sequel to this or something like that. And you're just saying, okay, maybe this is going to be a, a movie or this or that. Can you see it coming out as another, another sequel to this, to this going on and in a different form or something like that? Yeah, actually it's, oh, I love that you asked this question. So one of the things we're doing, cause you know, you know, a lot of times people just like create a character and then they'll do a lot, they'll do a lot of different stories with, with the character. Um, Warren and I have decided that we're, I have actually a lot of stories that are kind of interconnected as a sort of personal joke to myself. And, um, I mean, the thing is like in my movie Encounter, the, the creature from Encounter comes from this same planet. Oh, oh wow. And, All right. And. <laughs> Discord, my graphic novel Discord, um, which is like a superhero thing, takes place on Vega Minor, and this takes place on Vega Prime. Mm. So, and we also mm. reference, we also reference another like TV series that I had developed years ago that like a lot of things are mentioned in it. So, um, we're kind of doing like this expanded universe thing yeah. telling yeah. different stories. You want some world building. You know? Yeah, yeah, and telling different stories that take place. And some of and look, if it's successful, then we'll start crossing over projects, which will be, you know, really interesting. But yeah. Orn and I were kicking around ideas for a sequel to Silent Planet. It was never meant to have a sequel, but once we started talking about, like, really jumping into the nitty-gritty of stuff, it's like, oh, God, that would that would make a really you know like what we want to do. So I don't want to re- repeat myself by any mm-hmm. but there's a certain themes that present themselves in Silent Planet that you could really run with. Mm-hmm. You could really run run with and and further develop these characters that have already gone on an interesting arc. That doesn't mean that their story ends there. Okay. And right. there's, there's more for them, and there's things that. I guess are layered, you know, really are layered into the, you know, the, this into the Silent Planet that if you really want to like delve into them, it's like, yeah, there's some exploration you can do with some of these things that happen, you know, and, and what the ramifications would be past the end of the story. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so the answer I'm is excited. Yes. Just okay. Know, that's like right? opening up a whole no. Okay. Cause Discord. Yeah. All right. So the, ooh, I got to go back and watch Encounter. <laughs> 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 so it's like I, I just I just love uh I, I do it for myself. It's not it's not like oh look how clever I am, you know, putting this <laughs> it's more for myself. You know what I mean? It's it's to amuse because look, I mean, as writers, you know, you're you're sitting behind your desk, you're by yourself, and yep. sometimes you want, you know, like, who's gonna notice if I do this? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, makes me, it makes me happy and keeps me going. But not realizing that, wow, this could actually pay off in a very good way. Because once we started, once we hit on the idea of really having just an expanded universe uh, of stories that we can tell, that it's like, wow, this is already, it's already layered in there. It's not like we're trying to shoehorn something that, that, that that wouldn't come just like naturally. So 
Yeah. But I think, you know, going back to when we were in the class, that was one of the most fun things. So I'm an accountant by day, and that's another job where you, you're alone doing whatever you're doing all the time. You don't you don't collaborate in accounting. So, um, you know, we, when we but were... legally don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of called collusion. But, <laughs> um, so when we were in class and we would really start going on helping each other develop the screenplay. That was some of the most fun parts of yeah. the class where people were giving me ideas that I hadn't even thought of or what my character would do that I didn't think of, yeah. you know, because, you know, the other people in the class are reading your dialogue and they're living the character for you. And now they're giving you a perspective that you never thought of. And it would just be so much fun, you know, where the story was going because you didn't know you you started the class and yeah I can't you, you know Paul you yeah, know well, no, but I mean, I, 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 I that screenplay yeah. that's the, the that's the most fun for me in class too because it's really I mean that's the thing is you know we talk about you know ideas and we talk about where ideas come from and we develop ideas and so forth but you know I, I think you're you're foolish not to listen to other people's thoughts and at the at the end of the day if somebody has an interesting idea um you know, you're, you're crazy not, and it's something that excites you. It's right. going to be filtered through you anyways. It's not like, it's not like they're diminishing you as the creator of the story because you're going to take that idea, which they riffed off your script to come up with that idea. And then you're going to filter it through yourself. So ultimately you turn it into your idea. And, and okay. you should look at those as gifts, not as like, oh, why, you know, so, you know, every once in a while you get students who are like, they beat themselves up, like, why didn't I think of that? It's like, mm. you know, it's, someone just gave you a gift, you know what I mean? And it's like, you're the one whose name is going to be on at the end of the, end of the day, and it's not like you're, you're a, um, a fraud or anything like that. Cause you've, like I said, you've filtered the idea through, through yourself and you've told it the way that fits in your story. And I think that's, that's really wonderful. And, you know, I, I, um, I'm going to give a shout out to, so to Matthew Jacobs, who um, has a Doctor Who connection. He wrote the the Doctor Who eighth Doctor TV movie, the nice. one that Stardust Console for. Um, Matthew has this uh, documentary called Doctor Who Am I, which, by the way, they're having the LA premiere of it right now. Which I I've know. heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got to a bunch of it, and I'm actually in 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 the film. Uh, it's a doc, it's a documentary about Doctor Who fans. Um, but I always give Matthew credit for giving me a great, great note for encounter in post-production, in post-production. And it's like, I had written this script in a very specific way where, um, you know, there's some interesting misdirection going on within the context of the story. And he comes in and he gives me this note that it's like, it's the opposite of what I was trying to do. I was trying to keep a character hidden. Right. Mm -hmm. And he goes, no, I, I would, I would probably do that. I'm like, why? Why? I don't see. Like, it's like, this is my whole, like, you know, juggling balls to make this, this work. But we talked about it. And I'm like, you know what? Because it humanizes the main character. It humanizes the main character and puts him in context a little better. And I sort of thought about it. You know, the first thing is like, no, no, this, the whole point was you don't know. But it's like, once I really thought about it and started playing with it in my head, I was like, this is actually a really great idea. And all it took was, because we had some, we were given reshoot time. So I had like three days to do reshoots. All we had to do was refilm like just two little bits and change two little lines of dialogue, two lines of dialogue. That's all we had to change. And, and it works 
it works so much better. I mean, it's it's funny. I almost cannot imagine it the other way. And hey, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, I won a bunch of awards for this movie. Yeah, you won. <laughs> so you know, so I think it, it really was the right decision, and it was just being, you know. I'm just not, I'm not run by my ego. I'm run by my creative impulses. And I know a good, I knew a good idea when I hear one. And mm-hmm. as much as it, it would have been nice to say, no, 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 I know better in this situation. It was the right thing to do. And it made the movie much more human and much more emotional, which is what I wanted in the first place. So, mm-hmm. you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to hear when people talk, you know what I mean? Like there, there are notes are going to be given that you're just going to like, you know, look, then go make that movie. You know what I mean? If that's, you know, I mean, like, they, you know, but when you get notes that excite you and you know, will enhance your story, I think you're really silly not to listen to those. I, I agree. I mean, I just love listening to you. I can't, I got to tell you, I'm really geeking out right now because, um, because uh, all this cool stuff behind me. There's that too. You have super cool stuff behind you, but because I'm a writer at heart and, and I've never like published a story, but I, I constantly stay in writing classes and, you know, I, I leave it, I come back, I leave it and come back. But I mean, it's, it's a, it's a constant in my life is who I am. So listening to, you talk about your creative processes and then, you know, it's really making me sit here and miss my writing class and miss that collaborative spirit because I got, you know, it's a group of people that we really, we've been together for a long time, writing together for a long time. And I, uh, you feel really safe and comfortable with them, yeah. you know, and because like you said, writing is such a solitary pursuit, you know, that, you know, um, for me, it's always been terrifying. I'm not that person that is like, yes, I'm driven to write. Like I wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I get my three hours of writing it. Like mm, that's never been me. Um, but I'm driven to write in the sense that I literally lose my freaking mind if I leave it for too long. Yes, yes, yes. And and then, and I have to do it whether I'm going to publish a story or not. I mean, I've never had a story published. I have some that are good enough that I know that I can send out. Yes, you but, do. Yeah, but I haven't yet. I mean, that's some of it is fear and some of it is just eh, life. It keeps getting in the way and doing other, you know, whatever. I can make excuses, whatever. One thing I know is that I love it, but I miss I miss that feedback, that give and take. And I was terrified of critique at a really young age. Like when I first went to college, I went as a photography major and, um, and I was, because I had had free reign in the dark room at my high school. Like I had the keys. I just, I left, I would leave my high school grounds at like nine o'clock at night. Cause I'd been in the dark room all the time. But what we didn't do in those classes was sit and critique each other. My, my teacher just knew that I needed that space and that the dark room was my sanctuary nice. right and she knew yeah. that as a here's a child who needs this space and she gave it to me and when i got to college though and i sat in on my first classes and people start critiquing me i was te- i was torn apart i never you know i i didn't understand this give and take and i didn't understand that it didn't mean that your work is not good or that you're not good enough you know, and, and it took me years to recover from what I felt was this rejection. Cause I, I'm, I, you know, truth be told, I'm a thin skinned person when we get down to it. Like I'm not, a, I put on a bravado, right? So then it, the, the value of all this to say that growing up and going into the writing class and being in that environment was the growth that I needed. 
And I found it and I treasure it so much now, you know, and so that's why I'm geeking out listening to you. I mean, it's one of the many reasons why I'm geeking out listening to you. You have a lot to geek out over. So, (laughs) Well, I mean, I really love what you're saying there because, you know, in a lot of it, I'm a big, like, the 10,000 hours too, right? You know what I mean? Like when I decide, like, look, I I left being a makeup effects artist, making monsters and creatures to write screenplays, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, produce and all that, all that stuff. And, and, but I think what, what happens is it's, and this is what I was talking about. It's a journey. You know what I mean? It's not like instantly you're like this great writer. You, You work on your craft. And you get better. I wrote like my first two scripts. I wrote with uh, with one of my te- uh, with one of my uh, bosses, makeup effects bosses, Terry uh, nice. uh, Macaluso from Soda Effects, who's like also really big in the toy industry and so forth. And we wrote two scripts together, and they're good. You know what I mean? Like decent. You know, I've, I've looked back at them. And I'm like, all right. You know, it's like you start somewhere. <laughs> um, but then I got like the courage to do my first, you know, script by myself. I wanted to try if I could do it, and it's not great. But you just got to like, and this is the thing I talked to, you know, like Sabrina will know I say this. You got to give yourself permission to just like know that you're you're learning. Do you know what I mean? That you're not going to knock it out of the park always the first time. But the more you do it and the more you exercise those muscles in them, the more you love it and enjoy it, you know, that's what's going to get you through. And, and what, you know, like sort of going off on like what you wrote, what we're saying is that sometimes you have to walk away from it a little bit mm-hmm. and then go back and look at it with fresh eyes. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, and that, that can be so important. And, and it's fun for me. Sometimes I go back to old scripts and I'll read through them and it's always a relief when I read. I'm like, wow, this is still pretty good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel like I'm reading a new script. I'm like, I, I you know, I, rem- I know I wrote it, but it's like, you know, it's almost feels like, Oh, did I write this? Um, and just, you know, giving yourself permission to not write when you're not ready to do it because. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you something. It's always interesting to me when you hear about like the, the tortured writers. And I'm yeah. sure there's something to go with that. It really is. But you know, I've, I've never been tortured as a writer. I, <laughs> I've been writing what, like 20 years now, I guess. And, and I, I enjoy it. I love it. I, I, it, it's, it's, I'm happy when I'm doing it. And, and the thing is, it's like, and Sabrina will test this too, is that if you get to a point in your script, like you've already mapped it out in your head and so forth, and you know where where you're going with the story. You can skip scenes. You know what I mean? If you don't aren't feeling that scene <laughs> at that point, because as long as you know that, oh, this is when Joe and Jim talk in the you know you know in the store about this. Well, you know that's what's happening. But if you're just not feeling it, just move on. You can always go back to that scene. I mean, that's why it's always best to know your ending first, anyways. You yeah. know, and, and have something to work. To. And and I. I mean, we talk about process. Um, like, look, every writer is going to have their own their own process. Mine is very like unusual. Like, when I come up with an idea, I write down. Here's, this is what I always say. It's like you know when you're like going to sleep at night, or waking up first thing in the morning, or taking a shower, or driving. You know, any kind of you know repetitive mm-hmm. thing. It's like it's when your frontal lobe is turned off. So that's like your idea part of your brain is turned on, and you can really like play with stuff. So. When I go to bed, when I have an idea, I lie down in bed and I imagine myself in a movie theater, right? And I'm going to watch the movie that I'm, I want to write. Now, of course, the movie doesn't exist at that point, just an idea. But I'll just start playing with scenes and just playing with them and get as far as I can get. And then the next night, start to rewind the movie and get, you know, watch it again in my head and try to push forward. 
and just keep on doing that. And I don't write anything until I can see most of the movie in my head. I absolutely then, love that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's sort of like, so when it comes down to writing it, I'm kind of transposing it because I'm watching mm-hmm. the movie in my head as I'm, you know, of course there's always going to be discovery. There's always going to be changes. And once those characters come alive, like once they come alive, you got to do what they they want to do. Mm-hmm. You, know, you start forcing your characters to, you know, down, you got to be ready that your, your story could go off in a different direction because once those characters speak for themselves, you just got to go along with it. But, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's, that's what I love about the process. It's exciting. It's exciting to me. I, yeah. I don't, I've never got, I've never gotten writer's block. I never have gotten writer's block, like ever. You know what I mean? Like knock on wood, I hope I know whatever, but it's just because it just, I think I do like the pre-production. I mean, it's like, I, I think, I think it fits that I was a produ- you know, I'm a producer as well because you have your pre-production, your production, your post-production. Mm-hmm. Those are your, you know, your ideas, you know, the, uh, writing the, the, vomit draft and then doing the rewrites and the polishes, you know, that's, that's, I sort of see it that way. And if you, you know, what do we say? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So I do my pre-production, you know, for my stories before I, before I actually shoot them, which is, (laughs) I can't type like this. I'm fast. Like I am really fast, but I'm like, <laughs> you can't see him, but he's got his two fingers and he's just like stabbing at <laughs> that imaginary type right He's like hunting that. and pecking fast as he can. He's <laughs> the she fastest hunting and pecker in the West. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I look up and I'm like, oh crap. I must, like, at the screen sometimes i'm just like doing this and i look at it and i'm constantly like saving you know sentence after every sentence i i hit it i just don't even realize i'm doing it because sometimes you just something just comes out of you yeah and it's so wonderful and mm-hmm. it's like perfectly constructed and god forbid you're you know sometimes you gotta see i'd save multiple drafts of my script you know almost every like two days or something like that just just in case you know, I had. I was doing that once. I was writing and and I, I wrote like three, two, three. I worked on these paragraphs, right? And I finally got them, and they were beautiful and they were lyrical. And I looked up, and my iPad had stopped saving. Uh. Like I was like, and and I was like, you know, and I lost all of it. And then trying to recreate it, it was just wasn't the same. Yeah. You know? So I same. learned. I learned that as well. Make sure you, like, I turn off autosave. I don't do autosave. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Mm, not anymore. Autosave has <laughs> it only takes failed. one time. One, yes, one only fail. One time. I mean, because I sweated over that stuff, right? I sweated over those words. Yeah. Um, they had a lyricism yes. and a poetry to them yeah. and the rhythm. And they were saying exactly what I wanted to say. And I was particularly proud of those two paragraphs. <laughs> And the shit was gone, and I was never the same again. <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving you a hug. I'm literally giving you a hug. <laughs> I know it. We're all giving to me a, a big virtual hug. We all know. I'm giving you a big virtual hug because it's, it's horrible. Like, my heart breaks. Like, I'll always tell, I'll always tell my students, I'm inevitably going to have one student who, like, that wasn't saving or wasn't saving new drafts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you, I'm like, telling you, if something happens to that trade, you've lost your entire script. 
Like I, I, when I'm finishing with a script, I usually have about 20 different drafts of it that <laughs> what they take up like a kilobyte, 20 kilobytes of space on your computer. I mean, what is the excuse? You know, it's because worst case you lose, but I'll tell you, that's right. It's like sometimes for me, like it comes out just in the most perfect sublime way. You know what I mean? Like just like lyrical. Like I love that you, that you say in, in, it's hard to recreate that if you lose it. Like even a sentence. Yeah. It's like, right. Yeah, I'm like, no, that was so good. <laughs> I mean, and it's like two, two seconds ago, and I still can't bring it back. <laughs> so Paul I feel- was so good about telling us all to do that. I mean, it, I, I, each one of us did it at least one time in that class. We'd like, you know, I'm right. but, not the oh type of person who goes like, "I told you so." I mean, yeah. I'm bad, so I like feel horrible. <laughs> like, I can't tell you. I told you not to do it. <laughs> yeah. Why do we have to save it, Paul? Why do we have to keep it? Why, 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 yeah. why, why? You like, just, just, just do, do what it. I say. <laughs> You'll find out. You'll yeah. find out. But um, I tell you, that, that class was just hilarious because we, I learned so much about that. And, and what you said about, um, because I was struggling, and you know that, I was struggling with a, a, a few different scenes because I had some really sensitive scenes in mind that, um, you know, I, I had a, a, a lynching scene that I was avoiding. Remember, I kept, I kept writing, you told me, because I kept saying, I'm stuck. And you said, like, you can write around it. Just like, <laughs> said, leave it, leave it there. And I had it in red for like, yeah, I don't yeah. know, three classes. I was like, yeah, the lynch scene. Uh, she's going around again. Yeah. Goes, oh, we'll come, we'll come back to that. The perspective of like later on in the story to come back and set things up. You know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's the thing is, as a writer, just find out what yeah. works for you. Right. I mean, there's no, right. there's many ways to skin a cat. You know, yeah. there, re- there really are. And it just, as long as at the end of the day, you get to where you need to be, then mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's, you know, you know, I, I teach, you know, all these different methods and so forth. But the truth is, I don't use a lot of those methods myself. <laughs> you know, I, I don't. I hate writing treatments. I only write treatments when I have to do it for studios or exact. Your executives and stuff like that. I, I don't like. I like doing beat outlines. Like, I yeah. just sit down, like, to, with a pad of paper, and I just write it out. And it's like, you know, that's well, you know, that's my little roadmap. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, one of your students because that's the only thing I do. I just, <laughs> oh, well, well, I'm beating it out. <laughs> yeah. It's such a wonderful story, Sabrina. I mean, that's the thing is, there, there's been certain stories that have stuck. I, I've been teaching for about four years now, and there have been certain students and certain stories that stuck out to me. And yours were definitely one. And I'm not just saying I'm not. Look, you know me. I don't, I don't like <laughs> blow smoke up people's asses by any stretch of the imagination. I'm always honest with how I think. And your story was wonderful. It was like one of those ones where, you know, it, it's, and I love getting stories that are just different in, in explore stuff like that. And, and because at the end of the day, I mean, look, as much of a sci-fi horror geek I am, I love drama. Mm-hmm. I love drama. And, and, uh, you, you know, and, and it was such an interesting story that you were telling that I was like, hi, oh, this is, I could definitely see myself, you know, seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that. that's the thing. It's like, I, you know, I watched anything. I, I was just seeing this movie last night called, um, I can, it's, it's Full River Red. It's, it's, uh, um, Jen Jimot, I can never remember his name. He did that movie Shadow. He did like Raise the Red Lantern. Okay. It's, it's a Chinese, it's a Chinese, yeah, Chinese. Mm-hmm. That, that takes place in, you know, ancient, ancient China. And, um, it's almost like, I mean, it's almost like, um, a knives out in some ways. You know, it's got Uh-oh. some kind of tone. It gets a little dark towards the end, but it's like, 
I'm like loving it. I'm like watching this movie. And it's like, you know, two hours and 39 minutes or whatever. And I'm just like completely digging this movie. It was so much fun. And it was like, so he's such an amazing filmmaker. But like, like I said, I'll watch anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> So in his class, Paul would come in and tell us whatever movie he saw that week. And of course, he's always asking us what movie the movie. Yeah, movie. Mo- I know movies. movies. <laughs> <laughs> he really was one. with his yeah. class that had not seen any movie. We were like, oh yeah, I got to see a movie before I get into class. With Paul <laughs> <Good. after> <laughs> Good, then it's working. I don't get it. I mean, it's not like you guys are like going to some like random school and taking a film class. You're going to a film school. <laughs> he, would get, he would get so pissed off. What? <laughs> so so yeah. I actually, being the brown noser that I am, I wrote down every single movie that you mentioned to us in that class. I have the entire list. If you said we needed to watch that movie, even oh. though the next week you would say, did you see the movie yet? <laughs> no. And did you watch? Did you watch all of them? No. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm no, no, no. I, I've been chipping off my list. But what was it? You wanted somebody to watch the movie St. Andrews, right? Wasn't that the movie St. Andrews or something? Nope. And every week you kept asking him. And he kept saying no. And I was like, why doesn't this guy know to watch the damn movie? Because Paul's going to ask him again. Just watch it for him. I'm trying to learn about Yeah, you were like, you need to watch this movie because it's your script. You need this. Well, but, uh, I, I mean, but that's the thing as a creator, I think what's really interesting because as a writer, I don't want to like repeat something that somebody's done before. I want to tell interesting stories with different perspectives and different points of view. I don't want to just rehash something that's already been done. And I've seen so many friggin' movies. I mean, like my AMC A list. I mean, I, I, I get everything out of it. I mean, I always joke that I'm the reason why Movie Pass failed. You're saying I can watch a movie every day for $10 a month? Let's put that to the test. And they did everything they could to stop me. Like, you got to take a picture of your tickets. You can't see a movie more than once. You can only see it once. And then you had to, like, sign in, you know, like, every time. It was such a pain in the ass. And by the way, <laughs> by the way, movie pass, stop, stop crawling back to me now. You know what I mean? Oh. I get emails from them. It's like, you know what? Your chance, you know, like you hurt, you hurt me with what you did. You know what I mean? I'm not coming back. I was sitting there going, "Who who are these people that are seeing a movie every day?" I was like, "How much of this country is able to go see a movie every day?" When I got to film school, I was like. I have found my people. Yes, <laughs> these yes. These people get me. And, they, and we, you would, you would, people that talk in dialogue, they, they, they refer yeah. to, they refer to another movie to tell you something and they're giving you a line of dialogue and you know exactly what they mean. So, so, <laughs> what's so wonderful about it is that, you know, it's, it's inspiring, but it also is relaxing. I mean, like always, it's funny. Look, I'm not a person who's like against taking vacations, right? By any <laughs> just imagination. But I gotta be honest, a vacation for me is sitting in a movie theater and watching a movie. Because I'm not in my head. I'm, I'm, in, mm-hmm. I'm in the lives of other people. And I'm not thinking about any all the, you know, things that are going, you know, on in my life. I'm just focused on a story. And and for me, that's relaxing to me, you know, unless I'm watching a stressful movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, there's some movies I don't ever want to watch. Again. What was that Adam Sandler movie that was a couple of years ago? The one who was like the... the 
you know, he had jewelry Any, dealer, diamond dealer, just a couple of years. Oh, well, uncut yeah. gems, uncut gems, uncut gems, uncut gems. I don't ever want to watch that movie because that was. <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie. It was stressful. It had the subjects in it. Come on. <laughs> but but I, I think what's interesting too is just from a storyteller point of view, like. You know, I'm not going to like, you know, look, I have an incredible, like, I have over 2,000 movies, right, in my collection, right? And they're not all, like, they're not all Citizen Kane, by the way, you know? <laughs> a lot of, like, really crappy movies, you know, for lack of a better word. I've got my Criterion collection, but I also got, like, some, you know, let's say, less than desirable films. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's just about enjoying, you know, enjoying the stories. But you can, you know, you can find ideas. Sometimes I'll be watching a movie, and they'll have a concept that they don't don't run with and I'm like, oh, you're taking this in a different direction. Well, that's a completely different movie. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, you're stealing their ideas. I'm just saying, like, you get inspired by mm-hmm. something you see in a film, or you see what not to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, it's, this didn't work. And I think you you can really learn a lot. Well, obviously, but you learn a lot from watching what's come before, but also not. Trying to have a fresh voice. I mean, mm-hmm. everything, everywhere, all at once. When I saw that, uh, movie, I, yeah, I saw yeah. that the night it came out. Actually, it's not on a Wednesday night because it came out on Thursday, but they had it screened on Wednesday. I went and saw that, and I knew I saw something special. Yeah, you know, right. Yes. The yes. audience was applauding during the movie, yeah, and then yep. there was a ovation at the end. And I'm, I didn't go to a special screening. I just went to the AMC in Burbank, mm-hmm. right? And I knew I saw something special, and that was on my that was my number one movie all year long. Yep. All year long. Yep. Really glad that it, it got rec- it got recognized for Me so, too. Many, so I had many to go movies. see. I had to go see it again. Like I saw it like you. Yeah. I saw it on a Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, me and a friend of mine went, and I was like, I was like, I loved it. But I really need to see this again yeah, because yeah, I do. don't think I know what just what? happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. But, I mean, I never go. I'm not a movie person, and I never go see movies again. I mean, oh, yeah. I had to go see that again because I was like, "What?" Ha-? And then when I saw it again, it was like a totally different movie. Yeah, yeah. You know? Listen, anytime I watched it, yeah, it was. Yeah, and it, and it's just I love seeing a movie like that, and yeah. you know, who would have thought? That movie, that as much movie, as it deserved yeah. what it got, but you know, people would em- embrace it. As right. They yeah, yeah. yeah. It went crazy. Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't like, I went to an Oscar party and I knew a lot, I was with people that didn't like, you know, the movie and mm-hmm. didn't get it and were wondering, like, why is this all it's so, I, yeah. but I, I fell in love with it as soon as I saw I mean, I thought it was the same. Me too. But yeah. it was I was crying at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? that's how yeah. you not crying in that movie. Kids. Yeah. I showed it to my kids, um, you know, because I bought it on on Blu-ray when it came out. And I showed it to my kids, and I was crying again. You know what I mean? And it was mm-hmm. just like, and I'm not, I'm unabashed about the fact that I cry during movies. I like to be emotionally involved <laughs> yeah. with that. I mean, I really do. Um, and that goes along, you know, lines we talked about that when I'm writing movies too. It's like I go through the emotions with the characters, and I feel that's how you get like sort of the truth on the page, anyways. Yeah. You know, but I love, I mean, that's the whole thing I love about, I mean, look, here's the thing, you know, we talk about our journeys, right? In this, I, I grew up in a town called Natick, Massachusetts, right? So I'm a, I'm a mass hole. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the biggest sports communities in New England and a Heisman trophy, a trophy winner, Doug Flutie went to my high school. He was a couple of years older than, than I was. And so it's like, you know, not to quote like Blade Runner, but if, like if you're not, uh, you know, if you're not playing sports, you're a little people. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, it's, 
and and I was a film geek. And and you know, me and my my friend Lonnie and my friend Seth were like my you know. Now Seth is now a big re- reality show producer, and and Lonnie is a big like TV director, and wow. um, um, has worked on a lot of like big shows and so forth. And um, but that was the thing. It was if you weren't into sports, you were kind of like a nobody. And and for me, movies were that escape you know escape for me and just being able to you know exercise my emotions watching movies and and really deeply you know feel things you know while I'm watching them I mean it was such a it was always a gift to me and when I would go see I, I mean like I have so many reasons look I know how the sausage is made you know this is my 34th year in the film industry. Okay. I I've worked in so many different aspects from, you know, like being on the set to being an executive. Um, and you know, I, I'm still, I'm like the least cynical person you'll meet. Like I, I still, when I go to a movie, I'm, I'm a little kid again and just wanting to love it. I don't go to movies to hate them. Mm -hmm. I go to movies, hopefully, and it's disappointing when I see a movie that I don't connect with. It really is. I mean, I don't, I don't like, I'm not wasting my, I don't want to go waste my time, but I'm going to give in, and, and as long as a movie is sort of giving it the old college try, mm-hmm. that's all I care about. Like in, in within the context, also within the context of its genre and in the context of its budget, <clears throat> I think you need to take a lot of those things into consideration when you're watching movies because you can't compare, you know, Avengers Endgame, which I fucking love to mm-hmm. a movie like, um, you know, what did I just see recently movie inside or something like that? I mean, it's like they're different. They're trying to do different things. They're mm-hmm. their own. And you have to, you have to, you know, look at a movie at on its own merits. Yeah. You know, and, 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 uh, and I think that's, that's important. I mean, for me with my film encounter, it's like, look, is it a technically flawless film? No. Mm-hmm. I mean, the movie was made for under a million dollars. Special effects and, and, you know, all these elaborate special effects and makeup effects and so forth. And um, it was my first time as a director. But, you know, I still, you know, warts and all, I still love and I got to make the movie I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. I got to make the movie I wanted to make with, um, and, um, you know, with with the best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's all you can ever ask of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can never ask of yourself. You know, and it was not made with cynicism. It was made with love and it was made with care. And, you know, so, and, and that's the thing is like, I, I can see a movie and I can see warts and all. I can see what they were trying to do, but I know that this movie was made for next to nothing. And you know what? Boy, they did this movie called The Endless. You know, you guys familiar with that movie, The Endless? It, it almost works despite itself. It's, hmm. there's, you know, there's, there's like now some bad editing a little bit and some of the directing isn't the best, but it was such a wonderful, like little movie, little sci-fi movie that I was just so taken by and enthralled by. And, and it's like clearly a low, low budget movie, but these guys just like, you know, and, and despite all that stuff, I can, I can, you know, squint my eyes if the effects aren't bad. And I can still enjoy the the, the human story. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, that, and that's that's always been it for me with with why I love this. I feel so lucky I get to work in this industry. Cool. Yeah. So you mentioned Encounter, and that is the one that you won a uh, Saturn Award for. So how did you get involved? I know you're still involved with the Saturn Award yourself now yeah. not just yeah. you're handing them out to people yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no I, I actually i got involved with the sci-fi academy um when i was um 
uh, going to school at USC. Like I, I stumbled upon, I was like at the North, there's this theater there called the Norris Theater, which I had classes in and stuff like that. And I was there for film and I, I there was like something going on. And I walked up to the door. I'm like, what's going on in here? And they go, Oh, this is a screening for the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror Films. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing it. My jaw hit the floor. Okay, really? I'm like, what? Yeah. what? And the guy go, Excuse me. And they're like, Yeah, we're having a screening. Why don't you? They actually, like, why don't you come in if you want to see it? I'm like, Yes, it was not even a <laughs> Sunday. And um, you know, I, I jumped in and got involved. They introduced me to the president, which was Dr. Reed at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, I became friends with the executive administrator, who's now the the president of the academy, Robert Holguin. And uh, I just got I'm like, wow, this these are my people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And every Sunday they show like movies sometimes before they come out, and the filmmakers become so. Um, I would, I became like the youth president. They made me the youth president, which is great. <laughs> and then I was also the film moderator. So anytime they would have people, you know, come down, I would like interview them on stage. And, um, and it was just, just so amazing. And I was involved with them, you know, um, for many years and I produced some of the Saturn Awards, but then, you know, for what, then I really had a, you know, I was focusing on my career. So, you know, sort of stay a member and, and, and so forth, but it was always like, I want to make a movie that can win a Saturn Award. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. really, it was always, it was always a dream, you know, obviously an Oscar would be great, but I, I'm, I'm a sci-fi horror. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I, my aspirations are more for the genre stuff. And here is basically the Oscars of genre films. So to be able to make a movie, um, you know, that, that would warrant that was something that I aspired to. And it took me well, years. <laughs> I mean, um, but, but you uh, did it. Yeah, but I did it. And, and, and it, and it really is. It, it's amazing. I mean, it, it really is that the, that statue means more to me than you can possibly understand. You know what I mean? And as a matter of fact, I, I, um, my, with Silent Planet, I dedicated the book to Dr. Donald Reed, who was the president, uh-huh. but he passed away. Um, and I dedicated the book to him because I know, I mean, it, it hurts that he's not around because I know he would probably love this book. He would be so proud of you. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I know he would because, you know, they were like, like a surrogate family to me. And I felt really, you know, coming out from Massachusetts and not re- not knowing anybody in the industry. And, and here I am, you know, getting to interview people like Sam Raimi on stage and, and, yeah. um, um, William Friedkin and, um, Guillermo del Toro and like Ooh. just so many like great, great, um, you know, people that meant, you know, that meant something to me. And, uh, you know, like, you know, I started my career as a makeup effects artist. So Tom Savini was my, uh, was my idol growing up. You know, he did Creep Show and Don yeah. and stuff in Friday 13th. And the day I was named youth president, we showed Night of the Living Dead, the, the <laughs> remake that he directed. And I interviewed him on stage. Oh, like, wow. I picture of me in my suit. You know what Aww. I mean? <laughs> With my long hair. Cause I used to have a. <laughs> <laughs> Epic mullet, which was fantastic. Nice. Um, but you know, dressed, you know, I would pay money. Dressed. Yeah, we'll see that one. <laughs> you know, and, and that's something I do. You know, I think I get that from my mom. My, my mom was um, was a politician. She was sort of like mayor of our town. She was uh, a selectman. Um, as a matter of fact, they just named just last week. They just named an internship program uh, under her name, which oh, is wow. 
wonderful. Soulful. They did a nice tribute. She just moved out to California like early, um, just like months ago, eight months ago, six months ago. And they uh-huh. just did a beautiful tribute for her because uh-huh. it's funny. My, my dad was a dentist and my mother was a politician. And I never understood why people didn't like dentists or politicians. Because <laughs> My dad's patients were like family and my, you know, everybody loved because my mom really cared about the town. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think that's where I get my, you know, being able to speak in front of people and so forth. And I think that really, um, you know, followed through with being a film moderator, being comfortable, you know, on stage with, you know, some pretty heavy hitters and, mm-hmm. and, you know, like it was funny. I I, I ran. Into, I was at a book fair this morning. I ran into uh, Robert Hoglan at the um, at this book fair. Uh, you know, and um, and the Marcus Brothers who produced the the Saturn Awards. And we were talking about um, the time he had recommended me to 20th Century Fox, and I I did I interviewed um, Danny Boyle and uh, Chris. Um, where's my brain? Um, Captain America. Chris oh, yeah, yeah, for the oh, movie Sunshine. Yeah. They, they're, they're having a. a in, oh. Yeah, and Danny Boyle had just flown in, I think, from London, and uh, Chris was thrown in at the last minute. So I, I, I thought I was just interviewing Danny Boyle. And so I, I was at 20th Century Fox, and I had to do this Q&A. And I had all these great questions about, like, Quatermass, because I mean, like, and like, all these, and I would ask these questions, and Danny Boyle's, like, eyes would get, like, really excited that I was asking, <laughs> like, really, like, you know, really interesting questions. And then afterwards, he came up to me, and he goes, well done, Paul. Well done. Wow. Like that, like, and he really mentions the fact that, you know, I care. You know what I mean? I care. I'm not just asking like, oh, here's the generic questions you ask the director. Right. I yeah. do a lot of research before I would interview, you know, interview people and, um, and really try to, you know, cater to what I know they're going to enjoy talking about and what they probably don't get a chance to talk about and sort of like deep dive. And I love that. I mean, like I got to interview Steven Spielberg. Uh, at, wow. uh, yeah. For, um, I worked in video game marketing for a little bit and I worked on the Tintin video game. Oh, so they sent me over to, um, uh, Amblin and I got to interview Spielberg for like 20, like 20 minutes. Oh, Just me and him in a freaking room and it was amazing. It was wow. amazing. We geeked out about Doctor Who beforehand because I. Nice. I I just built my Dalek and, uh, I knew he was a Doctor Who fan because, you know, he had hired Stephen Moffat to yeah. write, to write, you know, Tintin. And, mm-hmm. and he said, well, I hired him because, you know, I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm like, oh, here's my, here's my Dalek. And, and I had gone to school with Oliver Robbins, who, you know, from Poltergeist, you know, he was one of my friends at USC. So oh, that's one of, you know, Spielberg's, like, you know, kids, you know, like, uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, we talked about that and we geeked out about Doctor Who before we started the interview and it was, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, who would have thought, you know, like, who would have thought as a child, I would get to, you know, sit in a room with somebody like Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. and, and have a great conversation with him. And it was, um, what a cherished moment that was, you know, that's, that's, that's really cool. That's what's so exciting about this career is that, you know, in working and stuff like that, I mean, I get to call people who like mean so much to me, you know, and, you know, meant so much to me, especially when I was growing up or, or inspired me or, you know, were, were, you know, people that I just wanted to, to be like and get to meet them and get to sometimes work with them or, or just, you know, get to know them as friends too, which is, mm-hmm. Just absolutely. I was with Peter Atkins today who wrote, you know, Hell, Hellbound. Oh, Hellbound. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, it, it just, 
it's just so wonderful, you know, and, and I hadn't seen Peter in a while, but he was always very supportive of me when I started writing and, and, um, you know, especially writing short stories and I gave him a copy of my movie and, and so forth and really like reconnected with him. And it's, it's just, I mean, like even in my, I've had Sylvester McCoy over in my house. <laughs> I've had Fraser Hines, you know, these are Doctor Who people, you know, um, you know, Noel Clark, um, yeah. Steve, um, John Levine, who's Sergeant Benton for all you Tom Baker people. I mean, wow, I, just dropping it's, names. Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's so. But like, I get that. I get that because, like, I get that on a smaller level, but I get it. Like, I mean, when you're talking about the journey that you've been on, and, and I really get that from, I mean, I'm constantly inspired by Sabrina. And, you know, and I'm so happy that she had you and met you and had you in her life because you inspired her so much and fueled her passion. And I mean, that's basically the story of the sci-fi sisters, right? We're just we're four black women who decide really like science fiction and fantasy and decided we want to talk about it together. It's a passion of ours. And we just follow wherever it goes. It keeps leading us to all these really wonderful places and to all these phenomenal people that I don't think that I would, I mean, a couple of years ago, I didn't think that I would have been interviewing these people or having a, a, a moment with these people, mm-hmm. having my life enriched by the fandom in the ways that it's been enriched and met half the people that we've met. I mean, it's been a really spectacular journey already. And I feel like it's really just beginning, but, you know, and I think that that's the best thing at 50, about to turn 52 this, uh, this month. And I know Sabrina's going to go, you're so young. And, and, and <laughs> she always says that to me when I please, do that. Please say it's but, young. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm right with you. I'm right with you. <laughs> yeah, but all, they, you all you kids. You know, but the, the, the journey, that warms my heart. I feel like the, the, the journey, like there's just still so much more. Like, I really feel like I'm just about, I'm just going into second gear. You know, I could not agree with you more to me. I, 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 same thing. I feel like I barely scratched the surface. And most people, you look at my resume, you're like, oh, I think you've done enough. You can relax. And I was like, you kidding me? No, no, no. I'm just getting started. Mm-hmm. It'd be like John started. Williams, right? It's going to be like John Williams, 92. <laughs> yeah. 92. Wow. I loved that. I loved that. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, like, it's, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, when you do what you love, you know, it, you don't, it's not work. Right. You know, it's never been work. It's always been, I can't believe that people are paying me to make monsters. You know what I mean? And right. people are me like, you know, puppeteer, you know, you put a puppet on my hand and do things. I, I can't be, somebody paid me. I wrote this movie and they made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, that, what do they call that? That fraud, you know, what do they call that? Mm-hmm. The, fraud syndrome. Yeah, front syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. But I mean, but that's the thing. It's like, I mean, I it was so funny. My son, I, I said to my son, my son's 50 years old, and I'm like, hey, you want to go see uh, Shazam on Tuesday? And he's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, Really? Like, I text him, like, really? I, I can't believe I can't believe that one day I would have a child that I would have to twist his arm to go see a superhero movie. <laughs> it's like I have no son. You know? <laughs> I mean, it is Shazam though. Oh come on! Come on. No, Shazam movies were great. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, the funny thing is, like, my go office. Ahead. 
York. <laughs> this is all toys and toys and comic books. And, uh, you know, I have a, a screening theater in here with 7.1 surround. I got a, a candy machine and a popcorn machine. Oh, my God. And, yeah, it's like, it's all like toys and action figures and models and props and, and so forth. And it's like, this is where I feel safe. And this is where, you know, and I don't look at them like, gee, I need to grow up. It's like, no, I don't want to grow up. You yeah. know I, mean? I like being, I like being young. It, it's, it's disappointing that I'm like older. You know, thank God I got a time machine. I can tell you, but I mean, but that's the thing is it's, you know, that's what's so wonderful about, you know, that I, I still get excited about, you know, going to see, you know, new movies or going or meeting new people or, um, you know, just, it's so funny. I was, I love to go to like yard sales. I just like, it's something I used to do with my dad when we were yeah, younger. That's yard a, that's sales a are awesome. Thing. You yeah. got that from me. Yeah. Oh, by, by the way, look right home a second. I'm going to, I'm right back right here. Hold on a second. You can see me. Look what I got for a dollar. Look what I got for a dollar. Which a I, dollar. I, I, He's I, got for a I dollar, got dollar yeah. I, I got this for my so daughter. Dated. She's it's like, so I, don't, I don't know. Look at this thing. Oh, oh, the real? Star Wars okay. crochet set. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I remember selling those. It was those. a dollar? And I was like, I'm like, hey, do you want this? She's like, nah, not interested. And I'm like, she goes, don't waste your money. I'm like, yeah, I'm buying it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll find somebody who will really enjoy it. Um, and that can make me one of the, look at you, right. dollar. You know, <laughs> or I'm going to do it myself because I know how to sew. I know how to sew like nobody's business. I want to know. So, you know, I might just do it myself. Just maybe right. we'll just do that right now as I'm going to be crocheting with a stormtrooper. Crochet my little BB-8 long. Right. I'm so unabashed about like my, my geekness. So, well, actually, what I was going to say was when I was doing the yard sale, I stopped at this. I stopped at this yard sale, right? And there was these two guys talking, and the guy has some like cool stuff, right? When they're talking, they were talking about movie posters and so forth. And I'm like, um, "Can I get in on this conversation?" <laughs> and it turns out that one of them. Um, this is like so great. This is why I love being like just unabashedly myself. I just don't give a crap. Um, so this guy actually works for Universal and, um, yeah, he does posters and all like that. And actually, I have a whole ton of posters that he might be interested in, in buying, you know, buying for me because there's stuff I just don't care about anymore. But, um, uh, in the other guy whose sale it was, um, he does like, does stuff with heavy metal and he makes, um, he makes, um, action figures and, and toys and stuff like that. And I'm like, nice. you're like my new best friend. And like, right? like hit it off and stuff like that. And like his wife was a big Doctor Who fan. So I was showing like the Taurus console and the, and the Dalek and stuff like that. And I wound up giving him a copy of Encounter in my book on the set. And he wound up giving me one of his action figures. Yeah. And it turns out like we love the same heavy metal and stuff like that. And he does comic books also, oh, which is wow. Great. Dude, and he like lives in Burbank, you know. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're like my new best friend. <laughs> For real. I'm, I'm gonna grab coffee. We're gonna grab like coffee like next week or something like that's that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love these kind of things. Yeah. You know, it, it's you know, it, it's that's why we we love this stuff. You know, like yeah. I mean, it, it it just it does it keeps me young. And yeah, that's happy. true. That's true. That yeah. is very true. Yeah, yeah, it keeps me happy. And you know, it's uh, every time I walk into my office and <clears throat> I'm surrounded by the things I love. Yep. 
You know, got a lot of cool been, stuff in there, Paul. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. That, it, it inspires me, and 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 because of the TARDIS console, you know, I'm part of the Doctor Who community, and I've done you know um, conventions. I brought it all around, you know, the United States, and done conventions with the actors and so forth. And you know, at the Gallifrey One convention uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, I interviewed Chris Chibnall, you oh, know, wow. the producer on stage in the main wow. hall with, with the art director and the uh, production designer and. Um, I think it was like one of the writers and one of the directors. And then, you know, Matthew Jacobs. Um, and we did, you know, a, a panel. And I'm like, this is like great. I mean, like, this is like right? the dreams. <laughs> That's how you're interviewing the producer of Doctor Who. And I'm going, give me a job, give me a job, give me a job. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so funny. I had a, uh, I had a meeting at Disney Plus uh, like a, a couple of months ago. And it was just after they acquired Doctor Who. And I was like, oh. I go, I heard you guys like acquired Doctor Who. And he goes, oh, yeah, I was working on that. I'm like, what do you mean was working on that? He goes, yeah, I was just working on it a little bit and had to turn it over to somebody else. I'm like, okay, we'll see. You need to get back on that. Right. <laughs> and then you need to bring me in. And I'm showing him like my pictures and stuff like that. It's like, well, you know, chances are they're probably not going to hire an American writer. Like, yeah. <laughs> chances are we'll test that theory. Right. No joke. <laughs> right. Right. Write a, you know, I got to write a Doctor Who um, um, comic book, like it was a bio comic book for Blue Water Comics, and I got to do a. I'm, I'm really good friends with Nick Briggs, who runs Big Finish, which does like their audio audio books. I got to write one of the audio adventures. Oh, nice! And I just actually got asked to uh, um, contribute to a, a new Doctor Who book. I've, I've been in a bunch of Doctor Who books and stuff like that, but I've been asked to contribute an essay. Um, for a um, a new Doctor Who book that's going to be coming oh, out sweet. next so year. Cool. Yeah, I just got... Um, uh, sent, uh, I know our Whovian listeners yes. are just like so excited to hear all of this uh, right now. Jamal, we're thinking of you. <laughs> and Eve England and yes. some other people. Yes, we are. I like Star Trek also. I like Star Trek. That's my, my dad, my dad was, got me into Star Trek. Um, and as a matter of fact, um, I still think I have his model of the Enterprise that he built when he was, uh, he was younger. Um, and, wow. uh, Star Trek too. Like Blade Runner is my favorite movie of all time, by the Blade way. Blade Runner just kicks so much ass yeah. on every level. The theatrical cut though. The theatrical. Yes, yes, that's the one I have. As a matter of fact, I've written an essay about that, and that's a little Ooh, controversial. Nice. It's a oh. little controversial, but I, I feel that it's the truest version of the story. But okay. but Star Trek Two, like, look, I have a very diverse group of movies I love, but Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, no joke, has been one of my top ten favorite movies of all time, like forever. And I just love that movie. I've seen it so many times. It never fails to, you know, disappoint me. Mm-hmm. And I just love the fact, the, the mere fact that there's so much character development within the context of just that story. Yeah. Characters that have already been around for, you know, uh, over a decade or whatever, two decades at that point. And, um, is that right? Decades? Or it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, the fact that they would have the audacity to do some more character development on the, on these stories. And yeah, I just, I, I love Star Trek too. I love this. It, it stands favorite. on its own. You don't even need to be a Star Trek fan no. to yeah. Uh, yeah. enjoy Watch. that. It, yeah. it is such a classic. I mean, all the great lines come yeah. off yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is one of, one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and it really is. It's like, that was great. That was the comfort food for me growing up was Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. was Doctor Who, was Star yeah. Trek, and Star Blazers. I was a big, I don't know if you know what Space Cruiser Yamato is. It's a uh, Japanese anime. But I, didn't I, know I, that. I just love it. It's it's uh, Sabrina. Might know what that is. Be, I've heard of it. I don't know it, but I've heard of it. 
I moved my Yamato. Uh, um, He's got so oh, much stuff. My, my this yeah. Yeah. This you guys, I'm just trying to look and see what everything is back there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 Tron, Tron cars. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Um, the yellow one is from my childhood. Um, all right, look at there's the eagle up there. This is my Blade oh, Runner nice. section. Oh, by the way. nice. This is my Star Trek section up there. Oh, oh you've got the monster, monster Maroon. Oh, my goodness. Wow. I know. <laughs> yeah, there's my Dilex. Reliance up there. Dilex. Oh, my God. Yeah. Look at the Daleks. That's a that's serious true. collection, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's not even. <laughs> we haven't touched anything. Like, there's a TARDIS console over there. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, like, yeah. It's like movie ready. Oh, yeah. You didn't see anything yet. Yeah. Oh, there's my other monsters and stuff. Oh, nice. Boy, you're wow. missing out, people just wow. listening to the audio of this. Look at this I know. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so. And now our folks are like swearing at us like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst sci-fi sister episode ever. <laughs> ever. It's, it's, it's so great. I've been given like a lot of cool props over the years and stuff like that. And I mean, even Peter, um, Philip Siegel, who produced the Doctor Who movie, when he saw that I had, cause I brought the TARDIS console to, um, um, the Gallifrey One convention once, you know, once it was all refurbished and stuff like that. And they had like the actors and Phil Siegel was there. Um, and he thought it had been destroyed. He thought, you know, um, the console had been destroyed and he was so happy to see it. And I had met Phil before through the sci-fi academy. He goes, I had no idea you had this, Paul. And he goes, you know what? Because what I want you to do is, after the convention's over, you know, in a week, give me a call, come over to my place, I want to give you some other things. And he goes, I want you to be, like, the curator. Because he goes, yeah, you have the doctor bag right there, because I have the real bag. So oh, my gosh. So, in his place, he gives me, that's a, one of the staffs of Rassilon right there. Oh, that, wow. Uh, he gave me the staff of Rassilon. He gave me one of the Doctor Who chess sets. And this, wow. Oh, Incredible! It's all pewter. It's amazing. I think it's wow. something like, it was one of the ones where, like, you literally... Paid like twenty nine ninety five. Yes. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Got it sitting over there. Got it sitting yeah. over there. If you're yeah. nice, I'll bring it over and show it to you. you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and he gave me the he gave me the real doctor's handbag, and he hands it to me, and he goes, "Oh, by the way, there might be a sonic screwdriver in there." No. <laughs> and oh. and I go like, "Oh, really?" So I'm like, oh, "I'll see you later, Bill." I like ran to my car, and I'm like, "Oh my god." It's a sonic screwdriver, and so I have that. I have that, uh, you know, in a nice case over there. So I have a real sonic screwdriver. Wow! wow. Incredible. Jealous. It's so magical to me. You know, it's 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 just uh, great. And, and yeah, like, we do know. We we totally no, get. We it. get we it. Totally, we totally get it with you. Yeah. 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 You guys have had some really amazing um, guests. I was looking at like some of the people you've had, and isn't it just wonderful? Like it, it's not. It, it's just wonderful that, you know, you really are true fans and you really care about, like, you know, especially Star Trek and so forth. And just to have this meal to talk to these people that meant something to you and not like, it's like a geek thing. It's just like, these are somebody who meant something to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And to be able to talk to them about it, it it's, I think it's so special. That, it that is. It'll never be lost on me. I mean, I don't care how old I get. It's never lost on me when I'm, when I meet people that, you know, meant something. I, I was lucky, you know, look, as a makeup effects artist, I worked with a lot of big actors, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, a lot of A-list actors, but I gotta be honest, it was really the ones that, 
And I got to work with Bill Paxton on uh, oh, wow. called the, the Dark Backward. And um, that, had, you know, it was Judd Nelson, Laura Flynn Boyle, James Caan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was in that movie. Um, you know, Bill Paxton and, oh, uh, Wayne Newton. That's right, Wayne Newton. Yeah. <laughs> one of his cigars, his Cuban cigars. And I never smoked it. I'm not a smoker, but I, I kept it. I'm like, one day I'll smoke this just for the heck of it. And it was like... <laughs> Part no, no. case of Azra, right? But uh, uh, you know, like, but working with Bill Paxton, you know, like, oh, I just loved him. You know, I had wonderful pictures with him, and he was like the person who I would really like hang out with on set because you know, obviously because of Aliens and Near, near Dark, and it, and it really, he was a wonderful, he was a wonderful. Yeah, person. that was that was. Uh, a tough- yeah, and and it's like, yeah, I mean, look, it's how you just, you know, Lance Reddick just passed away. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so sad. sad. Yeah, and he was like, he would, with the Sci-Fi Academy and the Saturn Awards, he was like a real, like, you know, big supporter of, yeah. of Sci-Fi Academy. And, you know, we we're talking to Robert. I mean, that was really hit them really hard because, mm. you know, he's so, you know, so I, I got to meet him at some of the Saturn Awards. And um, he was a true fan, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. especially with, like, the John Wick you know, John, yeah. which is supposed to be amazing. And then the, I assume he was probably a big part of the Continental. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, movie, uh, the, the series that's coming out. Uh-huh. It's like, wow. yeah. That was a blow. That was a heavy, heavy blow. Yeah. But I feel, I feel you in uh, the joy of it all. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the thing that I do that brings me joy. You know, and I mean, I have my, I have my day job and I have, you know, choices that I've made in my life to do what I need to do, right? For the people around me, right? And the people in my life. But this is the thing where I'm just me. I mean, like, and I live in Washington, D.C. It's a, you know, I mean, it's a conservative city compared to Los Angeles and New York and most other cities, you know, and um when you're walking around in DC and you don't work in politics somehow, or you're not in the food industry, <laughs> you know, you are, uh, you know, like, um, I mean, politics touches everything in DC. Like people don't understand that it's really, you know, it's, it's, it is our industry, just like uh, LA has, you know, movies and well, New York's got fashion, you know, um, DC has politics and, uh, but, you know, and it affects how people interact and how people dress. Like, there's not a lot of color reflected when you're walking around in the street, unless you're like in around a university or something, you know, all these things. So when you're living like as a out and proud geek in, in, in this city, <laughs> it's, it's a really weird thing. And people are just constantly like, my mother is like, telling everybody my daughter has a podcast and they love science fiction i don't know what they're talking about but i love it yeah. da, 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 da. you know <laughs> and and her friends go oh well that's nice that's sweet you know <laughs> bless your heart and bless your heart right exactly and every once in a while you get that person who goes wait you love star trek you love science fiction? You know, like, what about Star Wars? I'm like, I love it all, baby. Come on, bring it in. The more, the, the more, the better, you know? And, and then you get to find your true thing. But I, what I've learned is about that living out loud and proud, right? Like, I just have to be myself no mm-hmm. matter what. And yep. that's what leads me to all the joy in my life. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, if anybody could take anything away from this show tonight, I think that that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. I mean, These like, four happy people here. Come on. We only like, you know, get one shot at this life, right? Right. You know, they, right. They, right. Exactly. You know, who wants to be miserable? You know? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> that was my whole thing. This was a bullet list, you know, bucket list thing. I was like, one day I'm going to film school and I just, had to do it so you know and we're so glad you did because mm-hmm. you know you're going to be open up the sci-fi sisters production studio and uh <laughs> it's a sci-fi sisters production this is going to be a sci-fi i, I know i said this before but having a student like sabrina i, I really mean that I, I really mean that this this means so much to be to be on this podcast it does mm-hmm. more than you guys know i mean it mm-hmm. really does this is like this uh, you know i won't get emotional on you because i can get very because <laughs> he does <laughs> but, yeah, I do, I do. um but you know it's like I'm, I'm obviously very proud of sabrina you know i mean and, and you know, you like, what she's accomplished and you know i was like i gotta have something that i can be on her show tell <laughs> <laughs> you nothing was wasted in all the time that i've ever spent with you paul and again tonight it was just really great i was really excited and looking forward to having you on the show. So thank you so much, really, for coming. I just want to say, um, you know, I was watching the Oscars, of course, like we all, you know, you, I know you and I did. Um, oh, man, come on. 21 out of 23, right? On the ballot? Oh, yeah. that was, uh, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. That's my superpower. Okay. That's yeah, my superpower. <laughs> well, I, I won. I won at my party. I had I had most right out there. So anyway, so I was. <laughs> she's not going to tell us what it was, but she's uh, well, yeah, it was a, it was a truncated list, but I had the most. You know, there were five <laughs> of us that got it. Anyway, so you would have been proud of me, Paul, but I didn't have twenty one out of twenty three. Um, but um, I just wanted to say, Daniel Kwan made us a great speech when he accepted for best director, and he said that he wanted to thank the people that told him he was a storyteller before he could believe it, and I wanted to thank you tonight for telling me that I'm a storyteller before I was ready to believe it. And so you cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's you we, too. <laughs> I, I know really, but uh it was it was a it was a you know one of those things that I'll never forget. That was 15 weeks with you. Um you know going through a lot of a lot of things that I didn't think I'd ever be able to do. You know, being the only black female in that class and, and having, you know, four white guys read my shit and tell me whatever, whatever. And I'm trying to write a <laughs> lynching scene. Woo, we were having a good time. <laughs> okay. You play the southern asshole. You play the cop. <laughs> and they were, li- they were like hurting. Remember that? I mean, they were like, I don't want to be style. <laughs> And all Paul wanted to do was, I want to be Bubba. I want to be Bubba. <laughs> but thank you so much. That was something I learned so much in that class. I use it all the time. It has helped me even in this, you know, podcasting world. Um, I've had some great conversations with people and they have told me that I know my stuff. And I'm like, because Paul taught me. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much. And I wish you the best of luck with this. I can't wait to read Silent, The Silent Planet. And get into these characters that are jumping off the page. And um, keep us posted. We are going to promote the heck out of this thing for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, this has been absolutely an absolute pleasure. And I, and I really appreciate it. I'd love to come back. So, um, Yvette, 
you want to tell folks where they can reach out with their thoughts about if Paul has inspired them to get on the page and start hunting and pecking or any other <laughs> thoughts that they have about um, what they heard on this here show? Yes. You can find us at sci-fi sisters.com. That's S-Y-F-Y-S-I-S-T-A-S dot com. Join us on the mothership. That's M-U-T-H-A-S-H-I-P. And the Sci-Fi Sisters Book Club, both on Facebook. On Instagram and TikTok, sci-fi.sisters. And we're also on that Twitter, at Sci-Fi Sisters. Become a patron of Sci-Fi Sisters today at patreon.com forward slash Sci-Fi Sisters. After listening to this podcast, please rate us and write a review. We may just read it on an upcoming episode. Okay, y'all. Thanks so much for listening. We've had a blast. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Sabrina. But before we leave out, I got to shout out the baddest engineer in all the universes, and that's Dose the Anonymous One. He is responsible for the music you hear on our show and our production services. And if you are in need of production services, hit him up on Instagram at Dose underscore the Anonymous underscore one. And well, he'll be happy to do some work for you too. I gotta go. I'm starting to trip over my own tongue. Peace, love, and hair grease, y'all. Love you.